comes out the hockey show with Tyler Briggs and Tim Hikeaway. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 41 of Tongues Out the Hockey Show. One half of the show, Tyler Briggs to my left here. Tim Hikeaway, how's it going, folks? <laughs> <laughs> the boys are back. Uh, we took last week off. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of nice. Everybody needs a holiday. You, yep. know what, you know what it's like. I mean, Timmy works harder than most people, which is kind of hard to believe. Yeah. Reason, but <laughs> A lot of people probably won't believe that. I know I'll probably hear about this if my auntie or cousins listen to this. <laughs> That's half the reason. I just kind of wanted yep. to tattoo you up there. Right yeah. on your tape. So uh, we didn't get together last week. Lots happened in yeah. the NHL. Our hockey world. A lot has happened yep. in the hockey world, and we're here to bring it all to you. Uh, tonight, we actually had the pleasure of having Murad Atesh of The Athletic on for an interview. He joined me a little bit earlier in the day. Murat is uh, he's from, I believe, he told me he's from Pinawa, actually. Whoa. Yeah. But wow. uh, he is a, he's a wonderful interview. He's, he's one of the best followers on Twitter. He's, he's a great mind. And... Is part of the athletic, who's just one of the best upcoming, um, great articles. Great articles, on kind the of athletic. like a, the future is going to be sports publication will be all online. That's kind of your new Sports Illustrated. Yeah, absolutely. The horns definitely worth the subscription if you guys check it out. And Ken Weeb, who a uh, longtime writer for the Winnipeg Sun, actually just joined up, and the two of them are uh, beat writers here in Winnipeg. So that's uh, not a bad tandem. We'll get to that in a little bit, of course. But Timmy. Opening weekend uh, for the WHL. Yeah, it was an eventful weekend. Yeah, so tell me what went down. You went uh, to Brandon, Brandon and Winnipeg. Yeah, so. we took in two games. Uh, took in the very first uh, Winnipeg Ice regular season game uh, in Brandon. Met up with uh, our correspondent in uh, Brandon, mm-hmm. Gray Scott. Yep. So we took in the game. Also went to uh, the tavern beforehand. Had a few beers with my old man. Uh, it was a really good game. Both teams looked great, especially the ice for a young team. I think there was a lot of uh, enthusiasm in there. Gave them a little jump for their first ever game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that had a lot to do with it, but they looked great. Uh, their goaltender, uh, Dean McNabb, recently picked up from uh, Regina. Really? To Donovan McNabb? No. No. But, oh. uh, Brady McNabb's brother. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? He's yeah. a McNasty. Yeah. Cool. So, he, uh, yeah, he just joined the team. He had... He played outstanding, as did uh, the Weekings goalie, uh, Yuri Patera, uh, Czech goalie, mm-hmm. his Vegas pick. Yeah, he played outstanding. I think he had 40-something saves in the 4-2 loss in oh, Brandon. Shit. Wow. Home game, obviously, for him. Mm-hmm. And then the next night, we took in the very first home game for the ice, took in the pre-party. Nothing special, but yep. uh, the game was phenomenal. How's the how's the arena looks look? Looks great. Does it look good? Yeah, it, I it really like it. Good on your Instagram story. It's a lot brighter, I find. Um, mm-hmm. Easier to follow now with the new glass. Yeah, which really kind of shines up because it was kind of dingy in there, and I always found that old. Oh yeah, uh, like when like when we were told that it was gonna that it was gonna be a Wayne Fleming arena, we were like, oh boy, oh boy, this okay, is bad. We'll but you know what? Comes. It's pretty nice. You can I pol- like it. it's open. You can polish a turd. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, no, it's good. It's proof anything can happen. Anything can happen. That is a miracle. They made that place nice. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Both was, teams won in each barn. Yeah, you know how it went. Uh, the crowd behavior in Brandon was good, or yeah, it was pretty good. Other than a couple of hiccups here and there, but uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it there. You don't want to get into it. That's no, fair. That's no. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, and then here it was really good. Uh, it wasn't packed. It was mm-hmm. sold out, but there were some open seats. I know Eric Miller and his three seats did not get used. That's a show, uh, little bit of a shot against uh, Killer yeah. Miller. So. Yeah, one of our uh, one of our listeners. Actually, I don't know if he listens, but that's kind of... Who knows? I don't, know he knows. He doesn't, I don't think he knows either. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, so yeah, it was a great weekend of WHL hockey. Uh, 
enjoyed it. I'm glad we have it here in Winnipeg. Nice alternative. Yeah. I mean, it's a busy, busy market here. We've talked about it before, yeah. but I mean. It's great. It's in the south end. Yep. Uh, I kind of regret the parking lot I chose for, <laughs> it's a long walk. Yeah. Compared to the other two, I don't know why I picked it. It's my old university parking lot. Sometimes it's just, is, you play it safe, you stick with what you know. Yeah. You know. Kind of regret it though, but uh, it's, it was great for getting my science buildings and sociology stuff, uh, mm-hmm. but wouldn't recommend the, the Q lot to anyone for an ice game. It's a long walk. <laughs> was it, uh, you know, I'm not too familiar with U of M. It's a, not long, but yeah. I'm thinking when we get the north winds in the winter. Whew. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you're you're gonna you're gonna be frequenting that place, so yep. it's best to best to prepare. Yep. Um, full full house at least. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Well, standing room was packed. Good. Uh, there was a bit of hockey royalty in uh, Winnipeg. Uh, oh at yeah. The rink, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Mike Keen was there. Of course. Good fucking Winnipeg Good boy. Good fucking Winnipeg boy, as yeah. we've alluded to. Yeah. Adam Lyre is there. His dad's also the coach of the Wheat Kings. He is now. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Lowry. Dave Lowry. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else was there? Thomas Steen was behind us. Mm-hmm. Scouting. Are you like Steiner? What's going on? Remember me? <laughs> I talked to him on and the way out like, the <laughs> Yeah, he just laughs. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of other people there. It was packed the standing room, which is mostly scouts and stuff. It was just packed at the top. What's well, that's, a lot of open seats, but they were all yeah, sold. yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that at least uh, things are getting off to a good start yep. in uh, in Winnipeg. Well, so I don't think I mentioned it, but it was. Uh, qu- I don't even know if I told you, but uh, the Zambonis had to come out every whistle during the game in Brandon during the third period because of fog. Oh, because of the fog. Those yeah. are phenomenal pictures, by the way. I did see that. If anybody gets a chance just to check out... Um, Maybe we'll share a couple. Yeah, we, that, I think that'd be great because those were some good visuals. It was oh. awesome. It looked, it looked <laughs> it was great. crazy. Have you ever no. played anything like that before? Uh, back when I was younger, yeah, we used to go to the Gimli camps in the summer. Mm. It was just like... It was so foggy out there, and I used to play in the... Four on four league there in the summer. I think you played with me once or twice. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. good hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I used to play out there every summer in a four on four league, and we get some fog games. Nothing like this. No, thing. but yeah, it was crazy. It's the second time that's happened in the last three or four years. I think it's the year they raised their uh, championship banner. It got called halfway through because of the fog. Really? Yeah, Holy but crap. they got something like I think it was like three inches of rain that day, and it was <laughs> it was shit. twenty degrees in Brandon with the humidity of twenty eight. Yeah, so so yeah, it was, it's kind it was, of a recipe for yeah. disaster as far as hockey game goes. I thought I was in the bayou. <laughs> You're in the bayou. <laughs> Anyways, I guess now would be a, a great time to throw it over to Murat. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we? Uh, uh, no. Dish this episode right on Murat's tape. Tape to tape. Tape to tape. Murat Atesh of the Athletic coming up. I'm very excited to bring on our next guest as he is one of Winnipeg's beat writers for The Athletic, which has quickly become a go-to platform for all the greatest sports stories. And I'm going to steal this from his athletic bio, mostly because I feel like this describes his journalism so well. This writer blends modern hockey analysis with engaging storytelling as the Jets beat writer for The Athletic Winnipeg. A proud Manitoban, he appears regularly on TSN 1290 and on podcasts throughout Canada. We here at Tongues Out are very lucky to, to be one of those podcasts today. Welcome to the podcast, Murat Atesh. I cannot thank you enough for making the time. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and I understand that you're at the rink right now uh, before the Jets are about to take on the Edmonton Oilers. Getting ready to see Connor McDavid in full flight. <laughs> so I guess by the time this episode will uh, come out, you'll have already uh, you'll have already witnessed the magic of Connor McDavid. Um, 
It's obviously been hectic for you, so I just want you to know this means a lot. Uh, my first question for you, have you ever had so much fun, stress, and intrigue all at once since you began covering the Jets? <laughs> um, you know what? This is one of the craziest time periods for sure, if not the craziest time period, because every day of camp something crazy has happened. <laughs> there was um, the young Finns, Niku and Veselainen, getting into their little fender bender. Uh, there's the Bufflin news. Lining and Connor still unsigned. Lining's comments in Finnish press. Uh, the Josh Morrissey signing, we've all seemed to have forgotten about. The Winnipeg Jets getting really good value for Josh Morrissey Amazing on a long-term value. extension. Um, everything has happened. And I think my very first game in the rink ever uh, was the Blake Wheeler famous... Am I allowed to swear on your... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, of podcast? course. Yep, yep. The, we haven't made the fucking playoffs. <laughs> was my first ever experience within the rink. So I was, I'm was i sort of primed right from the very beginning that there's going to be high drama in this world, and then this is probably the peak of it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, that was that was the, the Blake Wheeler comment. That was the beginning of last year, right? So that would be in two years on the job for you with The Athletic? Well, I've been with The Athletic since September 2017 mm-hmm. in uh, – a freelancing mode right. and and then it sort of just spiraled and, and grew originally it was an audition and, and myrtle likes to joke that you know he he got my first pieces for a hundred bucks or something like that and i think that's true i'd have to go back and double check it but uh since then i've gone full-time and this is my second full-time season and i think the blake wheeler quote because i got credentialed part way through that first year was was maybe february or january of 2018 yeah. as the team was sort of rolling on their way to that western continent conference finals burst and what a a year that was for for everybody here in the city um and that's what we're all comparing this to right now exactly and so six months ago a a mutual friend of ours first asked me like hey have you ever heard of murat atesh and i was like oh yeah yeah i hear him all the time when i'm driving home from work and uh i at that point wasn't a subscriber to the athletic and then she told me uh, i had no idea murat would find himself in a sports journalism career so i have to ask does she not know you or how did you how did you first get into journalism and more specifically covering the Jets? So the first person that ever tried to pay me for writing in my entire life uh, is known as Vic Ferrari, but uh, his name is Tim Barnes. Okay. And he is, uh, I believe his title is Director of Analytics for the Washington Capitals okay. these days. But once upon a time, I'm going to say it's 2007, 2008. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the exact right time, but I was, I was a student and studying other things, science and, and sort of figuring out what I was doing. But I spent all of my time blogging on this guy's site, this Vic Ferrari, who I had no idea who was. Mm-hmm. And the reason I was doing that was because he had like the first wave of interesting numbers. He was the first person who scoured the NHL databases and, and he was able to spit out matchups. Who does the who does this first line center play up against most often? Is it in that case it was is it Eric Brewer or Jason Smith on the Edmonton Oilers? And it was this mind blowing thing. At that time the idea that you could just run numbers and figure out the matchups blew my mind. He's mm-hmm. the same guy that coined the term Corsi. Um this was a foundational corner of the internet that I just happened to stumble upon. And then um, at one point, yeah, that, that's that's how it all started for me. But then I went on. I did university for other things. Uh, environmental science was my degree. I went in a whole host of other directions. And then writing took over more and more and more. And our mutual friend would know me uh, as a writer of travel and personal stories and memoir and other things that 
Uh, honestly, Tyler, I think that you were the first or, or one of the first people that I've told that to in the hockey world. So there's a whole other side of writing that I did, and I think that's how we're connected through our mutual friends. I was I was just going to say you're you're a, you're a man of many hats, from what I understand, and I, I respect that <clears throat> immensely. You know, I think I think that's a really really great thing. Um, to move into move into the hockey side of things, I think that's where my expertise is well at least I like to refer to it as expertise <laughs> but uh training camp of course is wrapping up and I am generally the go-to guy at my workplace <laughs> uh regarding any questions about the Jets but being like most fans I, I read social media I listen to podcasts radio but of course I lack the inside scoop that a beat writer like you covers with all the attention the negative attention surrounding Jets camp is it generally a positive atmosphere amongst the players and personnel at the rink these days um, I think so. I think I wouldn't characterize it as positive or negative in terms of, you know, abnormally cheery or abnormally dour and serious. But the, the tone that I've gotten from this camp compared to the others that I've seen so far is kind of workmanlike. There's an intensity to every drill. Um, Paul Maurice told reporters the other day that there haven't really been any flow drills, no just three-on-two rushes or two-on-ones just for the fun of it or um, skates and skating and shooting and just keep getting the feet moving. It seems to me that at this camp, every drill has a purpose. Every drill is particularly intense. And it's easy to take some of the drills that they're doing, whether it's breakouts, whether it's some of the um, back pressure on, on rush defense. It's easy for me to see how this stuff relates directly to game situations. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not sure about the mood other than that these guys are working. And I think, uh, I think this is the sort of training camp that you'd really want to see from the, from the Jets this season so far. Uh, absolutely. I, I know uh, I was reading your article uh, from yesterday about the five, uh, the five key focus points about, uh, about uh, camp so far. And I, one, of the, one of the parts of the article that I read was about uh, you, you were talking to Adam Lowry about uh, doing – line change was it line change drills like how did how did that go and i was i was so blown away by that yeah uh, there is a, a face-off and i i think it was the defensive zone and it was a five-on-five drill where the defending team had to win the draw or win possession of the puck through a battle after that as soon as they did there was a line change and then they dumped another puck back into that original defensive zone and the new group went straight into defending mm-hmm. and to me, I'm like, why are you practicing yeah. line changes? What in the world is that for? Uh, so then Adam Lowry, he, first he laughed, and then uh, he explained that, you know what, we gave up a few goals. I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but we gave up a few goals on second period li- period line changes last year, and we're just really trying to cut down every percentage point. And uh, we we thought that this was one detail, that we just wanted to be sharp, and it's an example of, uh, of going to every last percentage point because – this team on paper isn't, in my opinion, as good as it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. But they're looking for ways to, to take a step forward anyway. And I think a little bit more obsession over the details is probably a good step for them. you got to respect that to gain any sort of little edge, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and specifically regarding the Patrick Line situation, which we are all very, very familiar with, uh, Paul Maurice and Blake Wheeler, I think they've done a pretty admirable job handling the media, at least from my perspective. Are you surprised at how well the two of them have been Continually putting out fires regarding Line's supposed comments to that Finnish news outlet. Um, yes and no, in a sense. Um, yes, because uh, it was such a you know, in, in sort of a semi incendiary story, I'll call it, and that you know, Line is 
whether he said it directly or seems to have implied it, mm-hmm. suggesting that his line mates weren't of the highest quality. And whether you're Brian Little uh, or Mark Shafley or anybody at all, uh, I think that would rub you the wrong way to hear that sort of thing. And, and certainly the captain and the coach are going to have to speak to it. I think that both of those guys, there's sort of a quality that they each have where they can sort of think about their words as they're speaking to you. Mm-hmm. They're very conscientious speakers. They're not just firing from the cuff when when they know that they've got to be on, so to speak, in this sort of situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you'll get one-liners and, you know, Blake Wheeler is a little bit famous for being biting from time to time too. But when he's thinking through his words, he can read the room, communicate well, pay attention to how the, his response is being received. And I, I think that these are skills that help you in that sort of public-facing uh, environment. So I think what must have happened was that they prepared themselves for the media barrage. And, and you're right. I agree with you. They did a great job of handling it. Yeah, like you said, they, they were well-prepared. It seems very well thought out, very thoughtful. And uh, it's uh, it's it's kind of been th- things like that. I, I'm not going to say this would tear apart any other team, but you know, it definitely had the potential to go completely sideways. And they managed to kind of keep the car on the road, so to speak, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, the bad thing has happened, and certainly, you know, they might have to deal with it internally in some way, but you can only sort of play the game that's in front of you, and I think they played that situation as well as was possible. Yes, absolutely. And speaking, uh, sticking with Paul Maurice, he's often labeled, like, I, I find the opinion of Paul Maurice when I talk to people and, and listen, yeah, listen to people, just anybody talking about him, he's often labeled as stubborn and stuck in his ways, things like that. Uh, Obviously, the Shafley and Wheeler combination comes up a lot. Uh, not playing Brassois enough, uh, his usage of Brian Little. And after reading many of your articles, you and Paul Maurice are two guys I'd honestly, I'd love to sit down at a campfire with, the two of you guys. <laughs> I also get the sense that you believe he's a pretty great, he's a very great mind and very open to changing and adapting, which is contrary to many fans' beliefs. Is Paul Maurice as stubborn as we think? <laughs> Uh, that's a great question. I guess the as we think part, my answer would depend on who I'm talking to. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think that every coach has blind spots or certain committed spots that, that simply don't go away, whether it's a fourth-line player that they love or loathe or, you know, your favorite prospect's not getting enough time or a prospect you don't like is playing on the first line or whatever it is. Uh, every coach has a few of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Paul Maurice, you could point to the, the examples you gave. Safely Wheeler, I think, is a pretty compelling one at this point. Uh, I expect those guys to play together again this season. Yeah. And the results last year weren't as good as you'd want from having your best two players. Especially on when you dive into the, into the stats, like you were saying earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. You'd want the Winnipeg Jets to outscore other teams pretty wildly when Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, Morrissey, and Truba are on the ice, mm-hmm. and that didn't happen last year. So you start to look at why. Um, so in some ways, and, and you know, I would say Matt Hendricks and his usage all the way into the playoffs and the reacquisition. I think that would be another position where Paul Maurice has a certain style or preference that he that he has and isn't necessarily going to bend or change those sorts of things. And then on the other side of things, I'm completely convinced that heading into 2017-18, the big playoff season, the the deep run, Mm -hmm. um, that there was a bit of a summit that these guys in the coaching staff looked around the league and said, well, we have talent, uh, all all kinds of it. We just missed the playoffs last season. What are the best practices? And then you saw Winnipeg sort of emulate the Nashville Predators forecheck with the defenseman pinching on the wall. I was just about to bring that up, yes. Yeah, I thought that was a, it was, 
it wasn't the Jets inventing a new idea, but it was taking a, a good idea from somewhere else that worked. Right, and, recognizing that they obviously had the personnel that could play that way, right? Yeah, exactly. And then the same goes with their power play, sort of. I mean, you got lining in the Ovechkin spots, and, and that was new that season as well. I think that the Jets didn't necessarily reinvent. They just sort of tweaked last summer, and they, they didn't push forward as much uh, sort of uh, systems-wise as, as maybe would have been ideal, but that's me speaking in hindsight. Um, and then now to see that with uh, with a smaller defense core, a little bit more mobile, all of the strategy seems to be around stepping up at that blue line and preventing zone time more than assuming that you can win the battles in the own zone. There's been a few tweaks and shifts, and, and I'm now leaning again on the side of, okay, there's some adaptation going on here. So um, all to say... I think that there are some areas of strength and probably more strengths than weakness in this regard, but uh, but certainly, you know, the critics can point to things as well. And I think that's just a reasonable three-dimensional perspective on any coach. Yeah. And um, I, I, being a defenseman myself, I, I only ever played junior B. I never played a higher level than that. But I, I definitely know that if these, these uh, young, faster, smaller defensemen uh, will be stepping up the blue line, uh, the forwards will have to will have to be busting their asses back a little bit quicker. So not only are, is, is the, the defense going to, or they're going to need to adapt to a new style of defense, but the forwards, I mean, very familiar with playing guys like Truba, Myers, and Sherratt, who have been known to take chances. I mean, they're going to have to react completely differently as well. Yeah, as a defenseman, I mean, the Jets have done some of this, especially at the offensive blue line, but if they're stepping up aggressively at the defensive blue line, like you're saying, or, or like we're seeing as well, that's an extra level of commitment because, again, you can only play the game that's in front of you. The defenseman is looking, sees the entire neutral zone in front of him, and if he doesn't have a forward coming back, uh, then all of a sudden there's a bit of a no-man's-land aspect to it. And it's like, do you step up? Do you take the man? Do you back off? Your speed is killed. There's going to be a lot of trust yeah. and a lot, a lot of hustle, I think, for, for the Jet systems to work this year. Ab- absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, of course, uh, we all know what's going on with Dustin Bufflin. Uh, being in limbo, are we looking at Josh Morrissey as the unquestioned number one defenseman? Is that a role that you feel Josh is ready for? I think so, yeah. Uh, when we did the contract analysis at the Athletic for his signing, we sort of looked at the game score metrics that Dom Lustician likes to use and some of the other metrics that uh, that I look at as well, including the RAPM or readjusted plus or regularized adjustment plus minus, pardon me, or all the other sorts of things. We yes. looked at as much data as we could. Yeah. And basically every conclusion was he fell within the range of a top pairing defenseman and possibly even within the top half of that. So Winnipeg has one legitimate top pairing number one guy in Josh Morrissey. Uh, a year ago, though, they kind of almost had three between Morrissey, Truba, and Buffalo. And yes. so I think Morrissey's ready. I think he can, quote-unquote, carry somebody. He can play with somebody not as good as him, and I think that that pairing can still have results uh, as long as there's chemistry there. Uh, but every time I think Josh Morrissey, I also think of what comes after him, and, and that's the big challenge in Winnipeg. Absolutely. And as far as Josh Morrissey goes, he was taken 13th overall, and I believe... Well, 2013 something like that so the Jets were obviously very patient with how well he came along I remember going to uh the the first home opener of the Manitoba Moose when they returned from uh from the from St. John's and watching him play and I remember thinking like oh my god like this guy is getting bounced around in the AHL I thought that uh 
I didn't. I don't want to. I wasn't quick to say like, oh, Josh Morrissey's a bust or anything like that. But I definitely am happy that they were very, very patient with uh, with his development. And so, which brings me to my next point: uh, the benefit of keeping Ville Hanola. And so, after the draft, he mentioned taking a similar route uh, to Dallas's Miro Heiskanen, returning to play in Finland uh, before making the jump to the NHL as a 19-year-old. And I've seen you praising Hanola on Twitter. Is it very possible he cracks the opening night roster? Oh my goodness, that's that's a tough one, and that's oh. exactly for the reasons that you are describing. Mm-hmm. Um, fun parallel between Hanola and Morrissey is that both of them were 36 in camp. Yes, they did, yeah. As, as young guys. So yeah. uh, Hanola does some things at the NHL level really well already. Uh, his passing is just phenomenal yeah. by my eye. Uh, he makes up his mind very quickly. He executes the pass very quickly. It's on the tape. The player receiving it has more time than Hanola did when he picked up the puck. Um, and and usually the timing is really quite excellent. And the, the player is found in, in stride. But, of course, he's also a little bit smaller. So you're always going to wonder, uh, you know, the six-foot or so player uh, and not as big as the competition he's often playing against. Is he going to get pushed around? Shouldn't the Jets just wait for his development to blow the high skin and pass? Mm-hmm. In so many other scenarios, if Winnipeg's defensive depth had depth to it, it would be instant decision. Instant. Go back to Finland. Like, no thought at all. Yeah. Instant. If this was exactly. last year, right? If this was last year. Wouldn't be close. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I did confirm with the Jets today that they do have the option because Hainala was a first rounder to send him to the AHL or back to Finland. I'm not sure exactly what their plans are. If I were him uh, and I had the choice, given the death situation, Buffalo being a question mark right now, he's essentially, I mean, you might make the argument that he's one of the, he's had one of the six best camps on defense, mm-hmm, but yeah. um, if you want to put veterans above him, he's still just an injury or so away from being sixth best on, on even a conservative merit scale. So my goodness, I personally would think that big minutes for a young man like him are more important than anything else, mm-hmm. but it's possible if the injuries break right or what have you, that, uh, that he could see time in Winnipeg uh, as a jet. I, I don't expect it, but, uh, but yeah, I, I said a whole lot of words. Some of them contradict each other because it's so gray area with him. He's, it, he's that good. It, and, and to be taken, it's not like he was drafted fifth overall, right? And expected to, to, to do this. Like the, the, I remember actually, no, it was just a little bit earlier. I was reading uh, his uh, central scouting services rankings and they were between like the twenties and the thirties. He was like, I think he was the eighth defenseman taken overall. And we're not hearing about any of these other defensemen right now. So it's it's just incredible to me how well he's shown so far, and he's, he even spent time running that first power play uh, in the exhibition game a little while ago. Um, many people seem disappointed in Christian Veselainen and Mason Appleton's preseason play thus far. Uh, David Gustafson, Michael Spachek, they've both shown well, in my opinion. Are there any other players that have caught your eye? Um, I I agree with you on all counts. There, I thought Mason Appleton had a had a step forward game. Uh, in Calgary, and they're, they're, he's finally hitting stride, in, in my opinion. Um, other players that, that I've noticed would be Andrei Chibisov. Um, signed out of the KHL, didn't know much about him. His offense wasn't huge over there, 26 years old. Huge guy, um, six foot yeah. four, 200, and I'm not sure what the number is. Um, he's looked to be role or he also got time alongside Little and alongside Shifley in one game and 
there are a couple of nice feeds from Chibisoft to Shifley during that that just sort of, you know, you remember. Um, the Shifley recognized thought, that one pass as well. That was, that was, uh, that was great for TV. <laughs> yeah, okay, that made the broadcast. I noticed yeah. that as uh, that shift ended or the puck was caught or whatever, you Shifley made sure to give him a little glove tap. Yeah, yeah you could see his nice fucking pass. It was, it was pretty funny to see on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't catch that from where I was sitting. Was yeah, awesome. it was awesome. Um, I, go ahead. I'd add real quickly, just uh, in, in terms of a player who I wasn't sure how he would look would be Yone Luoto out of Finland. He actually uh, played in Tampere in, for Tapara, right. the Patrick Laine's old team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met him while I was over there last fall right, right, right. doing the Patrick Laine feature because they knew each other as teenagers or as uh, even <laughs> as from 13 and 14 years old. He wasn't sure how his offense would translate, or at least uh, that was what, you know, when you ask a Finnish person for the negatives, they share that sort of stuff. And yes. he wasn't sure that he was on that level. But I think uh, he's impressed me as well. I'm not sure if there's an NHL job for him here just yet, but right. uh, I think he could be a productive moose. And uh, that's been an impressive thing for me. I've, I've been happy with how he's looked. Absolutely. Anytime you can bring over any uh, any any European from, say, the KHL or the the Liga or the the Swedish Elite League, um, it's and they can they can make an impact like this early in camp. It's uh, it's just a, it's an absolute plus to have. Um, with the Jets being currently, I saw this on Cap Friendly today. I won't keep you much longer, but uh, being one point seven million below the cap floor, and with Dustin Bufflin's seven point six million dollar cap hit currently not counting against the cap. Uh, could we see any types of moves other than the signing of Connor and Line just to pull the Jets up to the floor? I think it's more in that situation about just carrying a, a larger roster size. And I don't have it in front of me, so you know, uh, yep. if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I believe that that figure would show a roster size of maybe 19, 20, or 21. And I think it would be reasonably simple for Winnipeg just to, to keep more people up with the NHL team if, uh, if Connor and Line still aren't signed and they need to get over the floor. Yes. Um, I don't think they're in desperation mode on that front. And I, I also don't think that there will be any major ads. I think it's sign Connor, sign line, and figure out what Bufflin's doing, and then figure out life after that. <laughs> That's still quite the to-do <laughs> list, man. I can't even believe we're still talking about that stuff. Uh, I wanted Seriously? to ask you about a pair of moose before, uh, before I let you go. Eric Comrie, obviously he's been with the moose for, I don't know if this is his fifth season or close to it. Um, I know that he's out of, uh, out of his entry-level deal. Uh, do you expect him to clear waivers once sent down? I know that's kind of a tough question to ask, but... You know, I think so. There's no guarantee, um, because he has taken steps forward. His last two AHL years were, you know, a step above what his previous professional career had looked like. Um, He hasn't excelled at the NHL level, and I still worry about his ceiling in the NHL, but he's done what could be reasonably asked of him, I think, in the AHL so far. So there's some things to like there. Um, but at this time, I read the waiver list every day, and there are plenty of players with NHL experience who uh, who haven't been claimed and who aren't claimed. Yes, I, each day. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, my voice is cutting for some reason, but no problem. I think there are reasonable odds that Comrie, I think, does make it back to the Manitoba Moose uh, has a has a big year there, and then next year it looks like he'll probably be in the pro leagues somewhere, whether yes. in Winnipeg as Brisbois replacement or somewhere else. Right, and. As far as Comrie goes, I mean, he is a little bit, as far as NHL goalies go, he is a little bit undersized, uh, but man, is he ever, uh, he's ever, he's a treat to watch when he is on. Um, 
another guy that I want to ask you about is JC Lapon. And so uh, he's been with the Moose for an extended period of time. I think he even spent time in St. John's. But uh, he's still with the Jets in camp, and I really haven't heard much about his game. Uh, you just don't see his name anywhere. And I thought he was primed to make the Jets before Brandon Tanev signed as a free agent out of college. Is there a chance we ever see Lapon in a Jets jersey? Or where do you feel Lapon is at right now? You know what? I have not noticed much standout play from him until that Calgary game. I think it was the Calgary game. It was earlier this week. Um, and he was fine. He, he had wheels that sort of stood out in an otherwise slow defensive sort of minded game as Winnipeg was in a shell um, just to try to keep up with Cal- Calgary's veterans. So uh, I don't know that my perception of Lapon's camp is, is really enough to write home with or what have you, but it would be a good sign for him if as the competition goes up, um, as it has, uh, that he's still around and still being noticed for, for good reasons. And maybe that's the fact that he's a he's a, a long-time pro, like you've suggested. He, yep. He's not a junior doing this for the first time. There's a certain standard that he has to his game. Very good stuff. Uh, I'm going to throw you two quick curveballs before we go. This is a little bit, <laughs> little bit off topic, but uh, I, I want to know what your favorite restaurant here is in Winnipeg. Um, I got to go with my hometown connection of Segovia. Uh, Adam Donnelly, who's part of that, is from the same hometown as me, uh, which is Pinawa, Manitoba. Oh, you're from Pinawa. I cheer for for that wholeheartedly. Very cool. I I had no idea you were from Pinawa. That's awesome. Uh, uh, A little while ago, I'm not too sure. Did I see your name on a poster for something at the Park Theater the other day? Um, I'm not. Or was it? Sure. Okay. We do do our. We have our puck talks events there sometimes, and we've got one coming up November twenty first at the Park Theater. I'm not sure if that could be it already. Okay. Maybe Um, it wasn't that. It was some sort of some sort of music event. I don't know if it was like that Harvest Moon thing that happened recently or what. But anyways, I just wanted to know what your who your who your favorite band was. Um, My favorite band that exists is a band called The National. uh, I guess. Yep. I've had friends describe them as sad bastard music, but what I really like <laughs> is just the intricate musical arrangements. The lyrics are nice and poetic. <laughs> I listen to a lot of sad bastard music too, so I'm totally cool with that. Uh, perfect, yeah. And then from Winnipeg, I got to go with Royal Canoe. Uh, I just never had as much fun at a Winnipeg show as the various Royal Canoe concerts I've been at in the last few years. Very nice. And my last question for you would be the biggest hidden gem in Winnipeg, whether it's an activity, place, or person. Goodness, yeah. what's the biggest hidden gem in Winnipeg? Oh, that feels like pressure, is... but <laughs> all, all I got to say is, like, taking nice walks along the river. We've got the Assiniboine and the Red pretty close to most or to many neighborhoods, so I, I like a good walk along the Assiniboine, and uh, there's a couple of nice – there's a, a railway bridge between Wolseley and West – or and well, between West – oh, between Wolseley and Wellington – Yes, that I, I think it's just a, a beautiful walk to take, and you often get some animals and, and good views of the water and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. That's I'm trying that, really hard to say something here, but that's that's one thing I like. That's that little. I actually just went on a ride at the beginning of the summer. That's that little pedestrian bridge with all the graffiti. That's exactly it. yeah, that's yeah, yeah be- beautiful. I, I definitely agree with that. So, uh, well, I'll leave you with that. Thank you very much for your time today, Marat. All the best to you this season. I look forward to each and every article you write we'd love to have you back on here later this season if it lines up as well hey Tyler thanks so much thanks for having me
All right, big thanks to Murat for joining us. Well, joining me. Yeah. And now Timmy's here again. Yep. Yeah. I was a little so, busier earlier. So. Yeah, hey, it happens. It's, it's happens. just the way of the road. It's tough. You know, uh, I, I just want to say that any guests that we've had has been uh, just the just the fact that they've made the time for two uh, two former KJHL plugs, as we refer to ourselves in our bio, yeah. is pretty amazing. Well, especially in their evenings, it's mm-hmm. most people's free time, so... Yeah, that's exactly it. So, um, Marat, again, thank you very much. And uh, with without further ado, I suppose we can get into the Western Conference. Yeah. Western Conference go. Preview, which I love doing. I'm, I'm not too sure about the listeners, but I, I, I love talking hockey about any team. So. I can talk about anything, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not very hard. So, we... I think last year we finished with this division. I think we did finish with yeah. this division. We're, the we reason, started with our division. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, and the reason why we're going with this one... Yeah, we started with the Metro. That's right. Our division. I was like, our division? But yes, yeah. no, it's exactly right. We're going with the West because we just spent 30 minutes almost talking about the Winnipeg Jets with Murata Tesh. So, we might as well pick up with the division. So... <sighs> <laughs> That's right. This is Jets talk. <laughs> I should have done that with him. <laughs> Jets talk with Murata Tesh. I'll save that for you, though. It's no wonder I didn't do it. <laughs> okay, so we are in agreement with a couple things here. We both have Nashville finishing first yeah. in the division. Uh, I'm not even sure about that myself. I actually think my... Another team with them would. Uh, and that's okay. So with Nashville, they added Matt Duchesne in the, in the offseason. They obviously got Steven Santini from the P.K. Subban trade. Yeah. <laughs> along with a, a couple other second-round picks. Uh, I don't really see Nashville dropping off too much. No. The, the team, uh, they robbed Minnesota last year in the uh, Mikhail Granlund, Kevin Viola trade. <laughs> yeah. Taking advantage of poor old, <laughs> the departed Paul Fenton in Minnesota. Yep. Which is uh, kind of a reason. I think that's a reason he's out of a job right yeah, now. Yeah, so. and might be part of the reason why we have them last <laughs> in the division as well. Uh, the defense still looks good. They got Yossi. They got Ekholm. They got Ryan Ellis. Dante Favro's coming up. Yep. Fresh out of college. Yeah, exactly. They've, uh, goaltending would be... The least of their worries. The least of their worries for the regular season. <laughs> yeah. But it's been two years in a row now where uh, Pekka hasn't exactly... I think they're okay if they go with their well. other option. If they go with their other option. Who actually just unveiled the nicest pads in a while. You, what, you say Saros? Yeah. Really, eh? He went okay. from all yellow last year. He had at one point all dark blue to all, like, pearl white. Oh. I'm not usually a fan of white, but they look sharp. Like those fancy with, uh, uh, GMC gold. Denali trucks with, the, like, the pearl white? Yeah. Ooh. And they got, like, yellow, like, he's got the toast string holders, uh, yellow. He's got this yellow CCM, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So sharp. He's about a foot tall, or a foot shorter than Pekka is. Yeah, he? he's no? about my height. One of the shortest goalies in the league, no. He no. might be the shortest. Mm-hmm. So He's a good player. He's a really good goalie. A couple question marks for the team. I mean, they do have... They brought in Duchesne, obviously, to to fill that. Uh, well, to take some heat off of Ryan Johansson, I'm guessing. Well, which get was Kyle Turris going. Which was supposed to be why they got Kyle Turris, <laughs> right? So <laughs> maybe that signals maybe Kyle Turris' time in Nashville is up. I don't know. I, I would don't think know. so. If they can find a suitor for that little, contract. A little tough to move that yeah. contract. I think he makes $6 million per. So. And that's a team that they're getting rid of something like that. They mm-hmm. like to bring someone back. So eating salary is not ideal. So that's a tough one. Do you know Bounce where here, maybe. did... Uh, I haven't looked, but I, I don't know if uh, Eli Tolvanen... He got sent down. He did get sent yeah. down, hey? He was Him for a someone while. Else, someone else I was surprised got sent down. That was two days ago. Adam Boquist got sh- sent down to Chicago. Yeah. I, I saw that today, but uh, I'm jumping ahead of myself. To here. Rockford? Yes, he did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's hogs. Um, Nashville... 
They won the division last year, uh, barely. They had the worst power play in the entire NHL. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't see them getting any worse than they were last year. No, no, I can see That's them. A, PK for Matthew Sheen's kind of a same thing. You're getting more offense and mm-hmm. really not losing a lot of defense. No, so. no, definitely not. And it's not like they're in a position with Dante Fabro coming up. Oh, he's where, so good. Exactly. So they'll uh, they'll more than likely be fine. I think he played for Penticton Bees. Mm-hmm. You know, him and Jose. Yep. That's Someone right. else that we have coming up here. BC uh, Junior Hockey League. Yep. Um. It's actually where uh, Tourist is from. Oh, really? Yeah, he was uh, drafted out of one of the Vancouver mm. Quitlam Express or something, I think. He was, I think, at the time, Kyle The Tourist highest junior player, yeah. BC, BCHL player drafted. That's a good league. Lots mm. of talent comes out of there. Ton of talent. Penticton's number one in the country now, cutting out of our usual, what we're talking about. Which is which is totally cool because yeah. I mean nobody listening knew that. So yeah. <laughs> moving on to the next team, uh, we'll go with we'll go with my list here. Yep, we'll go with the St. Louis Blues. I've got them finishing in second. Timmy's yep. got them finishing in third. Yes, and I was going to say earlier, I either see them finishing first or third. Yep. I don't see sec. I got a team dead set on second. Mm-hmm. I love the Avs. You love the Avs, okay? Yeah. I think so, they got as long as they get ninety six to sign. So. As long as they get what? Rantanen to sign. Oh, Rantanen, which yeah. I heard was going to go down today. Maybe, well, I maybe it'll be, maybe he'll be signed by the maybe time this comes right out. Yeah. Maybe it is. So uh, hopefully for Nathan McKinnon's sake yeah. that uh, he gets his boy back. But back to the Blues. Most of the team is returning from last year. They lose uh, Michael Delzato, Chris Thorburn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, not much. They're not losing much. No. They just traded Joel Edmondson and top prospect Dominic Bach to Carolina for Justin Falk. And then proceeded to sign him to a huge deal. Yeah, that was an interesting move. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of the term on the deal, but Falk's pretty good. Yeah, so they're almost in a position where, you remember last year, when the Winnipeg Jets had Bufflin, Truba, and Myers all down the right side. Uh, all of these players will be making $5 million or more. Petrangelo, Pareko, and... I, you know, maybe Preco isn't, but uh, making good money. Yeah, Compared and now to what got, I make, it's good money. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the right side of their defense is, is loaded, and I believe Robert Bortuzzo. I almost said Bertuzzi. Bortuzzo is a right hand shot too. So little loaded on the one side, yeah. the Blues. So maybe with Petrangelo, with only one year left, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, maybe the captain's leaving." I'd be shocked. I'd be absolutely. He's shocked. so good. He's got to be one of my favorite defensemen to watch. He's so good. He's the best. I'd be shocked if they moved him. He's absolutely- Remember how good he was at the World Juniors when they won in Ottawa? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, a good team. One thing I wanted to, to ask you, too, is what can we expect from Jordan Bennington? In the exactly. Year yeah, you just got awarded a two-year deal. Four million per. Very what fair. Th- what are your thoughts on him? We'll see. I really, it's hard to say. Is this another Cam Ward? Too early to tell. It's way too early to tell. Because mm-hmm. I don't... The, their issue is... I don't think Jake Allen's the answer. But they also have some good young goalies in the minors. Like, if you think about it, Biddington wasn't their best goaltending prospect at the start of last year. No, that's very true. But, uh, what's his name? Billy Husso was their number one ranked mm-hmm. goalie prospect. That's He's supposed right. to be really good. I believe... Don't quote me on this. I do believe he was... You see Saros back up when they won gold at the World Juniors. Mm. That's a pretty good tandem. It's not a bad tandem. Yeah. Not a bad tandem at all. And speaking of tandems, we were talking about the Colorado Avalanche a little bit earlier. Uh, Miko Randon has not signed, so Nathan McKinnon is missing his wingman. Yeah. you got the Avalanche finishing second. Yeah. I've got him finishing in fourth. 
So we're going to go with the abs here. I like McCarr coming in instead of Tyson Berry. I think you're getting... I think Makar is going to be like Drew Doughty good. Makar was, when he came in in that series against Calgary, oh, he, he was, was he was explosive. Yeah. Like, so noticeable on the ice. The way that guy straddled the blue, the blue line was like nobody had ever seen, man. So amazing. he's apparently such a fitness freak and uh, like such a diet freak. They had asked him the question during the summer, mm-hmm. what was your biggest splurge since by signing your NHL contract? He said a Slurpee. I don't drink any of that kind of stuff. Or so He, both, he bought know, himself he, a Slurpee. Yeah, that was his biggest... <laughs> splurge as a celebration so so the abs are kind of they're kind of a difficult team for me to get a a handle on mainly because they had so much going out last year including not maybe not notable players but tyson berry carl carl soderberg still can't say that right uh alex kerfoot was uh traded away for nazim kadri which i think is a great addition it's gonna make a huge difference especially Uh, in the central uh i've I've heard on uh, different podcasts and stuff like that. A lot of people like kind of sneaky, sneaky think that Kerfoot, if not for like his lack of offense, would be uh, a Selkie candidate year in year out. So, be interesting to see how he does with Toronto. Yeah. Uh, Varlamov obviously left. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, because I think Francouz is really good. The backup this year for yeah. Uh, Grubauer, so yes. I think he can pull the job and give some more cap space. Yeah, and I was going to say... A with, lot more. <laughs> and with Grubauer, he's obviously going to get a, a, a much larger load. Yeah. Most likely, Frank Uz, I don't, I don't, I don't see a guy like that playing more than 20, 20 games. Well, you know, interesting fact about Grubauer, he played in the World uh, Memorial Cup in Brandon. Mm. For what Won the Memorial Cup with Windsor. Oh, the Spitfires. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think they're. I just really like them. Young team, a lot of speed. Like McCarr's gonna come in. He's gonna be a stud. Um, I'd say Bo and Byram, but he got sent down today. He did. Yes, they're. Uh, so what they, was he third overall pick this year? Yep. Bo Byram. Yep. Fourth. Fourth, right? Because I think uh, was it Cousins? Uh, yeah. Was third with Buffalo. Or yeah. Uh, Kirby Doc. Sorry. Kirby Doc with the Blackhawks. He's still up. He's hurt though. Mm. But uh, he's. I don't think we'll see him back in Saskatoon for a while. Maybe after the World Juniors. I've got, you know what, I have a really difficult time with this division, mostly because I feel like, with the exception of Minnesota, any team could finish anywhere between second and fifth, yeah. which is kind of how we've got this sorted. Um, Colorado, I could uh, I could easily see them. I think they're either going to finish second or they're either going to finish fifth. Yeah, like, so, it could happen. Yeah, it easily could happen. It's still a very, it's very a young team. Very young team. Not far removed from a complete disaster of a season a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't see any regression to that extent. But I'm still not a hundred percent sold in the Avalanche, and I hope they prove me wrong because they are an awesome team to watch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing them this year, especially McKinnon. Absolutely. So the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars added. Uh, I, I've got them finishing in third. You've got them finishing in fourth. Yeah. Um, a lot of good depth added. A lot of good depth added. Uh, Who's the guy? Pavelski. Uh, Pavelski and Corey Perry were the two, uh, the two uh, old old guys they brought in. Corey Perry kind of reminds me of when Spezza went. Or I don't know, Spezza went there. He was a little more gifted. More, I don't know what to think, expect from Corey Perry. I mean, he could have a breakout no, year. Yeah, I have no idea what to Especially expect him on Perry. the third line. But, He's such a wild card. Um, Pavelski's still a pretty good player, but is yep. he on his decline? That's the big thing. That's the tough thing. He has a lot of mileage on there. He does so have a ton injuries. of miles. That big injury last year, which obviously cost the Vegas Golden Knights the series. <laughs> uh, oh. uh, we won't get into that. Uh, but Joe Pavelski scored 38 last year. And <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, he's, which is crazy to me, but he is one of the best at, uh, best in front of the net in yep. the league. And you've got 
a defense, a gifted defense in John Klingberg, Miro Heiskin, and Essa Lindell. Uh, Plus, they got to move Honka. They got to, yeah, that's right. Julius Honka is. He'll bring uh, something. He doesn't even have a contract yet. No, he's uh, pretty much gone. John Klingberg is one of those defensemen that <laughs> I uh, I always. It's funny when I when I play hockey in in beer league. Obviously, we work we work uh, we work jobs where we got to go to work the next day. Yeah. So if I'm walking in in the slot and uh, I got players in front of the net, I won't shoot high. I'm not picking yeah. corners. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to put my guys in a tough spot. John Klingberg, if you ever see him on highlight reel packages, is barred down every fucking time. <laughs> yeah. And now they got Joe Pavelski standing in front of the net. Like those two might connect on forty this year. Yeah, the there's that potential. There is that potential. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. Heiskanen in. walking into it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, you know who's a guy who does that is uh, Nick Dittauden. Yeah. Nick Dittauden. He's one of those guys that walks in from the point. He's a guy that, uh, for the listeners who don't know, guy that uh, play play some beer league with over yeah. the years. Pretty skilled defenseman. Very good defenseman. Yeah. He's a uh, boy, but. He uh yeah he rips it yeah. he rips it hard he doesn't care who's in front of the net or what it's I played a, it, with one but he was so good. that's that <laughs> Jeff Catcher I played with oh yeah yeah, yeah. his shot he's a, yeah he's just good. just no just total disregard for uh, everyone's day jobs those guys but uh, you know we this, love we love him anyway this guy oh man for the listeners that don't know him <laughs> he's played with him this mm-hmm. is a guy that was an AHL level defenseman for several. He's probably, what, 38, 39 years old when we played with him. And mm-hmm. fuck, was he good. He just controlled the game. He played uh, in the dub, was the third-round pick of the Kings. Oh, shit. He, fuck, he was good. He wasn't bad. He was a big defenseman. <laughs> he used to fight guys like Jeff Odgers. Oh, yeah, you Chris told me Dickman that. And Stephen mm-hmm. Pete was his line mate. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Those are some tough customers. That's not Scott a bad, Parker. That's not said, a bad yeah. line mate to have. Actually... <laughs> To uh, go off on a little tangent here, Battle of the Blades, have you have you gotten a chance to catch that on CBC? I never have before. Well, as soon as you said Stephen Pete and those guys, you got PJ Stocks in it, yeah. Brian McGratton's in it. There's some really good, uh, uh, not, a, not a tough guy, but Bruno Gervais, yeah. defenseman with the Islanders. He was killing it the other night. So, yeah, definitely worth checking out. I'd never watched it before. It's awesome. Good and series. you get to listen to Ron McLean. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Ron McLean hosted, it. So that's, he's just music to, yeah. music to my ears. There's you know? a guy you don't get enough of on TV. Mm-hmm. They keep firing all these people at sports. And bring, just give this guy more time again. Like, come <laughs> on. Yeah, absolutely. No one's against it. That's why I love watching that Sunday night hockey or whatever it is. Oh, what do they call that? Oh, oh uh, not hometown. Is hometown, it hometown, hometown hockey? Hometown hockey, yeah. yeah. Hometown yeah. hockey where they uh, hit up a different town every yeah. weekend. I like watching that. He were, he, man, speaking of hardworking guys. Yeah. Ron McLean, hardworking guy. <laughs> that episode of, what's it called? Uh, the hockey thing with uh, Bubbles. Yeah, had beers with Ron McLean. Which actually, it wasn't even Ron McLean. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Definitely worth a watch uh, for anybody who's uh, still with us here. <laughs> so Timmy's got... The Chicago Blackhawks finishing in fifth. You know what? This is interchangeable with the Jets. I just mm-hmm. think Chicago's got too much skill. Yeah. I think adding uh, yeah, a lot I think of good additions. Strom and Debrinket this year are going to have big years. Because Strom, as soon as he started playing Debrinket again last year, totally resurrected his career. Cause oh, yeah. People are thinking he was a bust with the Coyotes, couldn't crack the roster. And goes there. He's a secondary thought. Mm-hmm. And Debrinket even had, I think he was a point per game or close. He had 76 yep. points last year. And then. Of course, Dylan Strom, after putting up six points with the Coyotes, <laughs> he put up 
51 with Chicago in 58 games. So <laughs> pretty good. So, yeah. For a young guy, So too. he turned out. Yeah. So he turned out. So Plus, you can't rule out Patrick Kane. Yeah. I mean, you got... Dave Keith has a lot of miles. A lot of hard miles. So does Brent Seabrook. But that, that, that's still a good couple of guys to have. Well, and that... Yeah, that isn't bad. And they added Connor... Connor... Fuck, can't even talk. Uh, Calvin DeHaan. Oh, yeah. From Carolina. Yeah. They got Ole Mata from Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. I've got yeah, so that. that's not, those aren't bad moves. They they got uh, Robin Leonard as an insurance yeah. just in case Corey Crawford isn't ready to go, which I believe he's not. Yeah, he did not. Uh, he played last night. He did, eh? And when I stopped watching, he had given up five against the, Cap- yeah, mm-hmm. the Capitals. He looked rough. So, I mean, it's preseason. Yeah. They uh, let a lot go. They traded Henry Yokoharu to Buffalo for Alex Nylander. Which is another project, possibly, that could pay off for them. That could easily pay off for them. Mm -hmm. That could really pay off. They're definitely good. They're they're in a lot better shape now. Kane was having a pretty good year last year, too. Yeah, he was almost point per game. Kane had 105 points. (laughs) So they they brought back Andrew Shaw, too, from Montreal. I like that. He got in a scrap last night. Uh, He had a big hit, clean hit, but he got jumped. He's greasy. He is, he is greasy. But it was a it was a great hit. He might be, if he can stay healthy, he might be one of the last NHLers to not wear a visor. Oh, wow. considering his age, yeah, he's he he was one of the last guys to come in without one. I yeah. think he might be the youngest player in the league without one. <laughs> wow. Interesting, or maybe he wears one now because he's uh, he's had a rough go. Who knows? Yeah. I don't think he does. No, I'm pretty sure he did. wasn't last night. Good Canadian kid. Is yeah. he from Canada? Yeah, he Everybody is. won the cup the first time. The fucking rights, boys. <laughs> fucking rights, baby. Woo, <laughs> fuck yeah, baby. <laughs> fucking rights, boys. Over and over, blood coming down his face from a cut under his eye. <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. Um, so then the next year when he won it, they cut out as soon as he got the cup. <laughs> <laughs> they knew better, eh? They just muted him. I think it was like nine F-bombs in a or a minute and 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets. I don't. This is the one I have zero idea what. Like right now, there's like training camps so pretty much over. Preseason mm-hmm. and one game left. I think there's one game left. Yeah. 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 And like, not a clue what's going on with the three. Like, what's going on with Buff? What's going on with the other two? Like, oh. it's made for and the probably... defensive death loss like you have no <laughs> idea what's going on with them no not not a, not a clue and they, they lost essentially their entire right side if Dustin Buffman doesn't come back currently they're sitting 1.7 million under the cap floor I know right now which is crazy so I don't know what what kind of moves they'll make uh to to fix that maybe they'll carry extra like I, I have no idea what they're gonna do as far as that goes uh the forward depth is still there Andrew Kopp had a rough arbitration yeah. What, from what I read, apparently he's uh, all is good though. He's a pretty smart guy, and all is uh, he's put it all behind him. I hope so. The arbitration is not uh, not not something at least from what I know is not something that is a pleasant pleasant no. experience. The team brings up what's not good for you. You bring up what's good. Yeah, exactly. And he was calling Jacob Truba, you know, like asking him what to expect. Blah blah blah. Talk oh, to dear. him afterwards, right? You know, right? So oh, they have the same agent too. Oh, good. Good over heart. Over heart. Right. So. Don't want to discourage anybody there, but when's his con? What was his sign? What did he sign for? Uh, One year, cop. Yeah, two years, two point two five, maybe. So that's not bad. It's not bad. That's a great deal for Winnipeg. For Winnipeg, yeah, for him. 
So he's a guy that's going to get a little more of an opportunity. Jack Rosovic is going to yeah. get more of an opportunity. You'll see Appleton in there. Yeah, Appleton. Uh, from watching the preseason game inside before, actually, I think it's ongoing right now. It might yes. be in the third period. But uh, David Gustafson was looking quite good. Yeah, he's had quite a good preseason. He's a, he was pushing around, what's his name, on, on uh, Edmonton? Chris Russell in front of the net. It was, it was good to see, man. It was, it was awesome. So uh, hopefully there's a lot of internal competition this there's year. There's a lot of moose players. Actually, I know... At the time of uh, recording, I think it was Gabriel Bork, uh, CJ Seuss, and someone yeah. else scored. Uh, I know McDavid scored. Yeah, he did. <laughs> That's a little different. I saw him, was, no, him sneak to the front of the net and just tap it in. It was one other Tap it in, happy? Player. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> no. But uh, it'll be, the Jets are really interesting to see what happens. They could finish as high as... I don't see them finishing higher than St. Louis or Nashville. Maybe even Dallas. So maybe Winnipeg might be in line for a wild card spot this year. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking at best. They're not going to finish last because of the Minnesota Wild. Yes. <laughs> Holy smokes. And then those contracts they signed this year. Mm-hmm. What was it? Zuccarello and uh, what was his name? Jared Spurgeon. Right. They did sign Spurgeon. That was a bad deal. Seven and a half million for like eight years. It was a lot. It was a lot for Spurgeon, especially considering, I mean... Ryan Suter and Zach Parise were the highest paid players on the team at the time, and now it's Jared Spurgeon, not somebody you'd think would be no. highest paid player on a he team. He's more McDavid, or sorry, yes. McDavid, McKinnon, uh, Barkov, mm-hmm. Scheif. <laughs> and for him, like. Wow. Good for him, I would in a heartbeat. I've heard, you know, I, he's one of those guys I've never really watched closely. Because, no. I mean, you're, you're when you're watching the Jets play, you're not really paying attention to the Wild players. You're just, like, cursing their names, yep. right? And being like, how the fuck is this team beating us five times in five games in a year? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but Jared Spurgeon's game kind of translates a little bit like Josh Morrissey's. Like, he's just that calm, cool guy. He can run a power play. Solid defenseman. Very undersized, right? Like Morrissey, not yep. very tall. Plays bigger, right, than he is. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota's got Dubnik. That might be their only saving grace. That is a big uh, yep. big savior. Unfortunately, he can't score. So That's very true. Matt Dumba, speaking of scoring, I think before he got hurt, he was on he was leading all defensive yep. goals last year. So a full season of him will help. So maybe so, they're not as bad off as, as we think. As we think. Because that's not I don't but know. Parise. <laughs> yeah, it's an old team. Parise are yeah. not what they used to be. They got Parise, Eric Stahl, and Miku Koivu in the top six. So <laughs> that's that's a good team seven years ago. Oh, yeah. I guess elite. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Minnesota's going to have a bit of a tough time. I think so. Yeah. I definitely will. We agree. Yeah. So. We'll, uh, we'll take a quick break here. I don't know if there's anything else to say about the Central here. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back at you with the Pacific. All right, baby, we're back with a little Pacific Division preview. This is arguably the weakest division in the NHL, would you say? I would say the bottom half is definitely the weakest. Definitely the weakest. Yeah. You can see the bottom half. I would, would guess maybe the bottom half of the division would be jockeying for lottery position. I would they think could, so. They could be. Although, <sighs> who knows? M- majority of those teams on the bottom are and should be on the up and up. Uh We've got, we're very, very similar again, but uh, I, I like that it's different. So we'll start at the top. I've got Vegas in first and you got the Sharks. Yeah. Okay. So. I never go with my favorite team. Yeah, and that's, that's fair. So. That's fair. Oh, I mean, that, that there's proof of that last year. You picked the Philadelphia Flyers to, <laughs> yeah. to win the, I hate met, the, to win the Metro. more than I hate the Flyers now. <laughs> Okay, so there we go. So I've got Vegas in first. Vegas, 
after picking up Pacioretty and then Mark Stone last year, I mean that's a that's a great great looking forward lineup. I just I just think that Mark Andre Fleury and I'm <laughs> I'm not saying it just because you're beside me, but he is just he's such a treat to watch, yeah. and I think he could easily carry that team into the he's Stanley awesome. Cup final again. He's great. I'm so not biased on that opinion. Yeah, absolutely not. Though he, a lot of Winnipeggers hate him because he single handedly knocked the Jets out in the conference finals a couple of years ago. Yes, that's true. Well, yeah, anytime they speak of. Uh, Vegas on TSN twelve ninety. They're always like, "Oh, sorry, everyone. We're talking about Vegas again." I know you hate that. So, uh, T's been around for what two years, and it's got more uh, playoff wins, series wins than the Jets Thrashers franchise in what twenty? Yeah, something now. It's it's crazy. It's <laughs> it's really unfortunate actually when you put it that way. Uh, Shea Taylor had his uh, cancer scare this summer, yeah. but it sounds like he'll be ready to go. Fuck, he's good. Nate Schmidt, as long as he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, as long as he doesn't test positive for uh, an unknown substance, <laughs> yep. he, he's going to be ready to go. Great defenseman. Probably one of my favorites to watch. He's a rugged guy by he today's is. standards. Yeah, Big boy, too. I would have never thought he would have ended up a number one defenseman, but uh, there he's, he is. Fuck, he's proved it there. Cody Glass going to make the team? Man, he's awesome. Yeah. I could see them kind of sheltering him in the AHL to just rip it up for a bit and then bring him up at some point. I mean, there's no rush, he is, really. He was so good at the Chicago Wolves last year in the playoffs. He so, was, hey? Yeah, I he, can see him going down to the AHL being an all-star and mm-hmm. him coming up as soon as there's a significant injury. Right. He's a treat to watch. They've got... A pegger, too. Yes, he is. I've kind of heard that he is the next... Uh, Taves. Mark Shifley, you know, or maybe a little bit of Jonathan Taves in him, too. So, uh, he's a... They've... And because of him, they were able to trade... Uh, was it Ryan Suzuki to Montreal? Was Nick also Suzuki. from that Nick Suzuki. Yeah, Ryan Suzuki. I think the younger Carolina. One. I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So they've they've done quite a bit of roster shuffling in the yeah. last couple of years, but it's all been for the better. And well, they I mean, loaded up on so many prospects and good defensemen, which are worth a mint these days. That was so well built. It was so so yeah. well built. I mean, even though even though it was built well, it, when it happened, we didn't we didn't no. see it see it going down that way. No, you know, not at all. Nobody but, did. They also did a lot of scaling, kind of get got ideas of guys that were kind of cusp players becoming more than they were on mm-hmm. teams. Like William yeah. Carlson. Yeah. John Marshall show. Yep. Those, two to, those are two perfect uh, examples. The San Jose Sharks uh, got past the Vegas Golden Knights last year in the playoffs <laughs> due to uh, you-know-what, but uh, they've, they lost Joe Pavelski. Yep. Joe Thornton is back for another year. Losing Joe Pavelski hurts this team, I think. I do too. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it will. Like I said, he, he, ah, we'll see. Three goals in the regular seasons a lot, mm-hmm. a you, lot to lose. You could have, you could play four fourth line grinding lines on this team, and Brent Burns and Eric Carlson would likely get you into the playoffs. Yeah, just those two defensemen alone. That's so, a lot of good outs from your back end, and a lot of offense there too. A healthy season from Carlson would go a long way. Yeah, he's a point per game defenseman, a nor- perennial Norris candidate when healthy, right? So, but can he anymore? Yeah, exactly. That's it's so weird seeing him right now in a Sharks jersey. It is. It's it's very very strange. Still, I, I completely not right. agree. Uh, one one funny thing here about the Sharks. So when Florida fired coach Bob Bugner. Uh, Logan Couture, he quickly went on Twitter to urge the the Sharks to bring him back, right? And so, oh, so they brought him back as an assistant coach because he was there for two seasons on Pete DeBoer's staff, and he was known as the Wookie Whisperer <laughs> because he got the Brent best Burns. out of Brent Burns. 
So, uh, so maybe we'll see uh, Brent Burns kind of return to form this year. Not like he lost a step. No. He just didn't win the Norris. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He's did awesome. He? Who won the Norris last year? Uh, Giordano. Giordano, that's right. Yeah. So Same otherwise, division. otherwise he probably would have won it. Remember when Brent Burns got traded in Minnesota when we were there? Yes. I always oh bring that up. <laughs> that was uh how'd that story go? We were in the we were in the got Minnesota. a trade to announce. Yes, the trade went down. And we were in this and uh Setaguchi was part of that trade. Yeah. Devin Setaguchi, <laughs> yeah. Um but I remember we were in the Minnesota Wild <laughs> store and there were the two old ladies and that Brent Burns, he's quite the strange fellow. He has uh, <laughs> his whole house is full of snakes. I remember right after we got traded, a bunch of stuff was like half price. I just went crazy on bobbleheads. And yeah, stuff. you did. That was that was a good time down there. Yeah, that was the coach, sharks. Uh, Martin Jones, sorry, Martin Jones. Yeah, he, that's a big factor. He continually is at the top of the NHL and wins, but uh, last year was a weird one. It was a weird one. I think he still had thirty eight wins, but uh, kind of a, said like nine hundred one or something, wasn't it? Maybe. And his yeah. playoffs, if you take out the one big game, was. Also a bit of a disaster. Kind of up and down. That's kind of been the story. His save percentage was under 9 last year. Yeah. But he went 36-19 and 19 with a two nine four. So, I mean, the goal support is obviously there. But oh, yeah. maybe uh, clamp down a little bit back there, Carlson and Burns, you know? You know what I mean? Wouldn't hurt. Well, the, the Wookiee Whisperer. That's why they brought him back. So, we'll <laughs> see how that pans out. We each have the Calgary Flames finishing in third. I think that's uh, kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, I didn't see, expect to see them finish first last year. I didn't. I, I really didn't. They were close to a playoff team, I thought, and I think they surprised most people. Uh, they just got a deal done with um, Matthew Kachuk just the other day. Yep. So he's back in the fold. There was no question he would be. But uh, they had four players, I think. Monaghan, Gaudreau, Kachuk, and Lindholm, and Giordano. They all had over 70 points last Five year. Five guys. Yeah. So that's a that's a pretty interesting stat. And I think they had what was it, how many guys over fifty? There's quite a few, I think. Yeah, there is. I think the, there's a couple more. There's a couple that. That was another staff that was pretty impressive. Yeah, that was a they were that was a really talented team. Uh, Michael Backlund was close to forty seven points as well. Oh. But uh, yeah, so I think Calgary, Calgary, in goal. I think that's kind that's of where it's the big question ends, again. Right? I mean, are you going to see Riddich? Yeah. What's Talbot going to be? Yeah, what is Talbot going to be? Because for a little while, I mean, Talbot was mentioned in the top 10 goaltenders of the league. Yeah, Edmonton at had the start that, of last year. Well, yeah, because Edmonton had that yeah. one-off year where he played really good and the Edmonton Oilers ruined our Heritage Classic, right? Yeah, shut us down. That was terrible. It was, was such a bad game. That, that was an awful game. Giordano's another year older. TJ Brody's been mentioned in trade talks for quite some time. Noah Hannafin's just... Solid, solid yeah. defenseman. He's kind of, kind of is what he is. I don't know if he'll be a perennial Norris Trophy, candidate. Yeah, but, uh, like he was originally supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. So hard to peg defensemen is what they're supposed. So tough to peg defensemen. Just like goalies, mm-hmm. not Sam, quite as tough. Sam Bennett might be one of my favorite players to watch in the NHL. Do you remember a couple of years ago when he uh, he fought Jacob Truba? <laughs> yeah, that was Beat the piss out of Truba. That was two guys looking to kill each other. <laughs> yeah, there was blood all over. Yeah. And Sam Bennett is the guy that couldn't do the chin-up at the draft yeah. at Combine. So, I mean, <laughs> just goes to show, you know, once you grow a mustache, you could be anything. Yeah, absolutely. That was awesome. <laughs> that just was... beat the piss out of Truba. That was so good. Having Lucic, do you think that has any effect? Trading James Neal for, for Luch? I, that was a terrible, in my opinion, a terrible trade. We'll see. He just couldn't keep up with McDavid. Can he keep up with anyone? Though? I don't know. Did you see? Uh, well, He's even awful. Mikhail Berdeen on the on the Jets dangled him the other night. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was filthy. For the listeners who haven't uh, seen that, uh, go back and watch that clip because yeah. uh, our uh, AHL goaltender gave uh, 
Lucic the how's she going in the yeah. corner. It was quite the impressive play, actually, which he's kind of known for anyway. Uh, Fourth. Fourth, yeah, I've got the Oilers. Yeah, that's yeah. a bold choice. That is a bold, cho- bold choice. You've got the Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes. So we'll go with the Coyotes first. Yep. So I just think last year was just too many injuries for them. They had, what was it, like six guys, six of their um, starting day lineup was out by Christmas. Yeah. It, or uh, just it, after. It always seems to go that way. They made that trade for uh, Nick Schmaltz yep. on Chicago, and he, he ended up missing the rest of the season. So I mean, he had anti rant out early. Early, Camper came back and stole the show. So he could easily he could easily end up the starting goalie by yeah. the end of the year, which would he be was, amazing. He was in the final. Was he third or fourth? And he Vezina was close. Week? I think I don't know if he was the top. He was three, top five. He might have got some top three votes. He was top five for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, and this is a guy that was pretty much a write off from mm-hmm. L.A. and uh, what's it called, um, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That could work out for them, but they lost so much early on last year. And they're kind of a, I don't, I don't want to call uh, GM John Shaka impatient. A kid, oh, impatient, a kid, yeah, a kid. I was he just should, gonna say, is he even out of high school yet? He should be in here having beers with us. I know, you know, doing the beer bomb, the beer bomb. <laughs> a little, oh, little inside joke, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, they traded Max Domi. Yeah, they've traded. Uh, What's his name? Strom. They traded P.O. Joseph for uh, not that he's uh, has an established NHL, oh, yeah, but he was traded for Kessel. Yeah, that's yeah. a big ad. Strom, if you have someone, yeah. I can keep giving the puck. They just keep the they keep uh, they they got a season out of Galchenyuk. Yeah, and that was it. So I mean, he's not afraid to trade young talent, and make big moves, and I mean, Phil Kessel is the type of player that they need. How sick would a Kachina Kessel jersey be? Oh, it'd be amazing. <laughs> That's one of the nicest jerseys in the league to begin oh, with. Oh, man, I love oh, that man. jersey. Phil, he, he might not be what the Coyotes need, but he's absolutely what that market needs. Yeah. They, they, Big American. Yeah. Like, it's kind of risky, in, in my opinion, bringing in a guy that, uh, you know, he's... Everybody knows how Phil Kessel is. Yeah, Phil Kessel, Phil's Phil. Yeah, Phil is Phil, Uncle right? Phil. So we'll see how we'll see how that goes. Clayton Keller got a nice new deal. Yep, payday. Yeah, I I, I think they're going to be. What did I have them finishing sixth? Yeah, I I think the I don't think they'll finish higher than fourth, but I don't see them finishing lower than sixth. So they're we're right in the yep kind yeah. of the, the same wheelhouse. A few of these teams here are kind of interchangeable. Yeah, uh, I got Edmonton as you guys heard already fifth. Yes, I still don't think it's the answer there, but we'll see. It's so they're so strange. I they mean, could come out win the division. It just seems like they've been been trying to do the same thing for so long. Even uh, who who got fired the other day? McTavish got fired eight yep. games in. <laughs> eight with, games uh, into the cage with uh, whatever team he is with Yaroslav Lokomotiv, I think. So, but as far as the Oilers go, both Drysdale and McDavid had over a hundred points. I don't know when the last team to miss the playoffs was that had two players that had over a hundred points yep. was. Couldn't tell you. I think they're still a little ways away. I think. I don't. Know. I don't. I, I, I a couple years ago, we, they were cup favorites. So I mean, they're. That's exactly it. Like you're just kind of hoping and hoping for the people of Edmonton that they just kind of wake up. They brought in James Neal. They brought in Marcus Granlund. What's uh, traded Lucic. Thank God for them. Somehow. James I have no idea how they did. And got a better player, I think. I don't know how you do that. Does Mike Smith take the starting job from Miko Koiskinen? Yeah. Or yeah. Koskinen, sorry? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah he does, hey? Eh? 
That was Peter Shirley saying, I'm getting fired. I'm signing you. <laughs> well, that was his last, like, dying breath. That eh? was the day after he got fired the next day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just, He's sign like, just do Miko, this. Just sign this. He's, just do it. Yeah, do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's funny. I've got uh, Vancouver Canucks finishing in fifth. So, Vancouver, <sighs> they went out and got Tyler Myers in the offseason. Kind yeah. of a... Uh, Quinn Hughes. That was quite the overpayment. They got Quinn Hughes coming up. Yep. Who's supposed to be, uh, hopefully, one of their saving graces on the back end. But they paid uh, they paid Jordy Ben as well yeah. on defense. So <laughs> Brick shithouse. I th- I'm pretty sure they're, like, right up against the cap. They brought in Michael Furland. They traded for JT Miller. Like, these are guys that aren't cheap, right? And yep. they've already got they've, – <laughs> they've got Pedersen, who's going to need to need a new deal right away. Uh, Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel. <laughs> pretty sure both make – Seven million combined per season. I know. So, what you doing, Willis? Yeah, kind of some questionable moves by GM Jim Benning, but I, I won't. I won't argue that they have some depth. They've drafted well lately, they other have. than for Tannen and mm-hmm. Levy. Which I mean is a couple of his first rounders, so it's not really that great. But it is uh, yeah, that's right. U Levy hasn't even played yet. Yeah, he what got about, sit down. What about Thatcher Demko? Where's he at? Backup. Back. He's the backup goalie. Yep. He's due to be the backup. Yep. Okay. Yep. Him and Markstrom. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the Canucks... Uh, this, this division just sold. doesn't... Uh, it doesn't interest me a whole lot. I really don't care about these last three teams. No, no, and, and that's fine. Well, the good news is we only got two of them left. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks. You're, we agree on both these. Yeah, so we both have the Anaheim Ducks finishing in seventh in the division. Uh, I, had the, I had the Coyotes in sixth for the record. But, uh, yeah, so the Ducks... Thankfully, they've drafted well. Thankfully, they have John Gibson in goal, who I'm sure that you're a fan of. I I don't mind him. Yeah. They've got Troy Terry coming up, Sam Steele. I know you're a big fan of, big his, fan of Sam Steele. Last year proved that John Gibson playing great does nothing there. That's, that's he was very phenomenal true. Phenomenal. He was phenomenal. What was it, late February? This is a team that's in the process of passing the keys to the kids. Oh, there's a lot of young talent coming up because, I mean, you have Comtois. Yeah, Max Comtois. Like you already mentioned, too. Yeah, everybody loves Comtois here in Canada, right? Yeah, he's really popular. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Max. Had to bring that up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One of their saving graces is they've drafted well on defense. Yeah. As far as, I mean, Lindholm has been around for a while. Fowler has, but Josh Manson. They've been able to make some trades like Sammy Vatnin over the last uh, year or two. And uh, I... It's escaping me off the top of my head right now, but uh, but yes, uh, Bob Murray's done a pretty good job keeping that team competitive. So if they do have a bad year, I think it might be one of the last ones that they do have. I can see them next year, the year after turning it around a bit, becoming a cusp team. But mm-hmm. I don't see this being a good year for them. No, 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 absolutely not. And We're then not. the other California, team. the other California team, <laughs> uh, the LA Kings. So talk about a. A fall from uh, Grace. You know, I think I've said Grace probably about six times in the last eight minutes, but we'll go with it anyway. They fell from the throne. <laughs> the throne. Yeah, they absolutely did. <laughs> they dethroned. No, and oh, so bringing in Ilya Kovalchuk last year kind of was expected to. Yeah, but you thought that was going to pay off well for them. I was. Well, he I was barely just played excited. I, I know, and I was so excited because I was a big Kovalchuk fan, and uh, that obviously didn't work out. Talk about old teams. Jeff Carter uh, regressed big time last year as well as Kovalchuk. Yep. I think the whole team, I mean, Kopitar's not like a 50, yeah. 60 point player. Like, he's still a point per game guy, but the whole team just couldn't fucking score last yep. year. 
Drew Doughty is the only defenseman of note other than uh, 2014 playoff hero Alec Martinez. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Jonathan Quick. So your thoughts on Quick and how much longer he can do this at an elite level? I don't think much. I'd be shocked if he finishes the year there, too. Yeah. I could see him going somewhere. There's a lot of talk he was going to go to Columbus at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that might still happen. You never really know, right? You don't know what's going to happen there. We'll talk about that another day. But, uh, yeah, yeah. There's what's his name? Cal Peterson's in the minors ready to come up. You got Jack Campbell, mm-hmm. who's played pretty good last year when the other one was hurt. So uh, they're not going to be a very good team this year. <laughs> no. That's a team that's got a lot of miles on it because mm-hmm. if they didn't go to the cup finals, they lost to the Hawks in the conference finals. I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. And all yeah. those guys played in the Olympics. They've had some, they've had some, they've had some good years. Is it Doughty our age? Doughty is an 89, yeah. yeah. He's a late 89, yeah. He, uh, Remember when he played in the Olympics in 2010? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, wow. That was when you realized that our time had passed us by <laughs> yeah. back in 2010. When the guy your age is playing, like, one of the best defensemen on Team on Canada. On the team, yeah, playing with Scott Niedermeyer. In You're Canada. like, Jesus Christ, okay. Holy moly. Yeah, all right, I, I, I'm done. Holy Kansas. I'm done for sure. <laughs> Final thoughts on the Western Conference. Who do you see coming out of the West? Oh. I hate to put you on the spot like that. <laughs> I see the Vegas Golden Knights coming out of the West. I think this is Nashville's year again. Yeah? Yeah. Get back to it with Nashville. Yeah. I think they'll miss PK a little bit. PK. Yeah. I think they'll miss, uh, what's his name? Pernell Carl? Pernell Carl. I think that's it. I think they'll miss him. But uh, mainly because my devil's got him. But uh, I'm going to go with Vegas. I just. Yeah, hey, I'm not arguing with that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as long as they don't run into the Sharks again. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> switching gears. As far as news around the NHL, we're not going to touch uh, the Austin Matthews stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a lawyer. No, not a lawyer. We're going to stay like out of that business. So. Well, yeah, we'll stay out of that business. I can't say I've ever uh, dropped my pants at uh, a security guard while she's in a car. <laughs> Did you hear? Have you heard? I heard more about it. Oh yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. And I'm pretty sure he was about to be named captain. So we're not going to get. Yeah, I can't say I've ever done that. <laughs> Oh, brother. Uh, Nolan Patrick. We were just talking about him with the Flyers. Yeah, good, he's got his headache good, issues. Good right? fucking Winnipeg boy. He's yeah. got migraine syndrome. So whatever that means. He's obviously having a tough time. Um, bust. In road to becoming a bust. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to say that. I just did. But it, oh, it could very well could be. Mm-hmm. We'll see. The Devils may have made the right pick taking uh, Nico Heischer. You're the Ooh. highest drafted Winnipegger ever. Yeah, he was, eh? Yeah. I remember how choked I was when the Devils picked T-shirt, and uh, obviously I'm not now. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But, well, shit happens. So. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, he's had a rough go it's as far as injuries time. go. Hasn't been very productive yet yeah. because of that. So Luckily luckily for the Flyers, they probably won't. Uh, like They're they're, they're very deep at center right yeah. now. Yeah, and we'll get into the Flyers uh, next Another week. Another day, yeah. Next week, of course. Guy Lafleur, yeah, flower. The original flower underwent quadruple bypass heart surgery today. After a routine checkup yesterday, yep. he's expected to make a full recovery. I met him in the sum. I actually met him twice. I met him five years ago. Really, in Toronto. I got the coach a couple figurines signed for twenty bucks each, mm-hmm. and then I met him again at the uh, Memorial Cup. He was a guest one day. Mm-hmm. Nice guy, classy guy. Signed autographs right till the very end. Really, they had to pull him out of the crowd. That is awesome. That's, yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff you love. Yeah, to hear. he is signing whatever anyone put him. So someone had like six things. Mm-hmm. He signed and finally they pulled him out of the crowd. But great guy. Yeah, 
phenomenal hockey player. Smoked a pack a day. <laughs> Might have something to yeah. do with what he just went through, but... Yeah. Uh, what do yeah, I know? I'm not a doctor either. That's not a true. lawyer or a doctor. Yeah. Watch Grey's Anatomy, but not quite a doctor, more of a nurse. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. And then, of course, the uh, Heritage Classic jerseys. Oh, Saw last night when I was at the Iceplex. Yeah, they're available in stores. They're sharp. They, they are, are sharp. They are looking pretty good. Actually. Uh, do you see play it again? This is kind of away from Yes, the, I did. Half price on the half Aviator, price Aviator jerseys. Half jerseys. So you're welcome play it again for that's getting, a, some, uh, that's getting a, a little shout out. That's a steal. That's unreal. And they're the Fanatics ones. So you got any like, kids ones? Oh, yeah. Fuck it's all sizes. Fuck, I'll have to go down there then. You let me know when you're going. I'll hitch a ride. Unless uh, it's the next two days. Hitch a ride. Is this a Green Day song? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Not bad. Yeah, you should check it out. Okay, I think and I, answer the listeners. I think I think I might. Not really much else to, to get to around the oh. league other than uh actually last night playing at the Iceplex. It's my second game in uh <laughs> second game in a week and played the first game and I played like I would I wouldn't say complete shit, but it wasn't great my first game. I was definitely definitely had a tough time out there, not having played since May. Played again last night. Uh got a nice little apple on a goal oh. last night. You so. guys win? Uh, we lost in overtime. Ooh. I took the first shift in overtime, which uh, isn't something that I normally do. And I actually, uh, I controlled the puck, got my Corsi rating up, went oh, yeah. down into the corner, tried to cycle it, and I uh, got chewed up and spat out and made a quick line change and got the fuck off the ice. <laughs> At least you didn't cause the goal. No, it didn't cause the goal. The goal was a two-on-one. It was a tough one for old Sasser to stop. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it feels good to be playing again. I got, I have honestly have had a headache almost all day today. I still feel like I'm hungover from uh, playing last night. I was sweating buckets. Huh. You know how it is. Yeah, working hard in the trenches. Yep, putting yeah. in time. Uh, any uh, obviously you haven't been playing. You, no, you, you said that. Yeah, I haven't been on the ice in a while. So yeah, we'll haircut. See. Yeah, I got a haircut today. Looking, looking good. Yeah, I like your bangs. I got. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. That. Uh, it's a long, long overdue. So yeah. First, first real haircut in about, about a year. Fuck, I could use one. I was a few. I had a few trims, but <laughs> nah, this is the shortest it's been in a while, so it's nice. Fuck, not bad, not bad at all. Fifteen bucks. Uh, all right, it's our favorite time of night. We're coming at you with the birthdays. Yeah. Timmy, what day are we doing today? So we're doing. I don't uh, even know what the date is. Fuck sake. I think it's the. Is it the twenty sixth? I think it's the yeah, twenty seventh. Okay, so, so we're okay. Day. All right. All right, so I'm going to start off with a goaltender here. Yeah. Play for Ottawa Centers and Montreal Maroons. Whoa. Born 19, or 1892. Holy shit. Clint Benedict. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even finish on his uh, age. He would be old today. Um, I wow. just got that. He'd be... Fuck, he'd be really he'd, old. He'd be 20, 127 years old today. So if there's any... <laughs> oh. So if there's any listeners out there going like, yeah, okay, Briggs looked at the fucking birthdays. <laughs> I didn't look at them, guys. I just know that... He's a legend. He's a legend. He's the first goalie to ever wear any sort of mask on his face. Yep. Any, anything. So that is just a total shot in the dark. Now, the next one might be the is the first American superstar goalie, I would say. Uh, he played for the Boston Bruins, Chicago Blackhawks. Born 1915, so he'd be 104 years old today. Jesus Christ, so it's not Tom Brasso. No, he's <laughs> from Minnesota. Okay, I don't know. Frank Brimsek. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. All right, um, name is known throughout history. Okay. Yeah. Next one uh, was born 1967, <laughs> making him 52 years old today. That's okay. it. Yeah. Wow, he'd be older. He played for Boston, St. Louis, San Jose, Winnipeg, Phoenix, the Islanders, and the Lightning. Oh, boy. 
Darren Turcott. Nope. American, right idea. Okay. What do you got? Craig Janney. Oh, Janney. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, the next one played for... He had a good year playing oh, in St. Louis. I this think. one's 40 years old. What is MDA for an abbreviation? Uh, for a team? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't even know who that is. Uh, he played for Atlanta, yeah. Anaheim, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and Chicago. What position? He's a forward. He's a forward. He's oh, playing Team Canada. Uh, Tampa Bay and Chicago? Yeah. Oh, that's Chris Kunitz. Yeah. Yeah. What's MDA? Uh, what year? Would have been in the last... Would have been one of our normal teams. He's only played since... Am I able to see it? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to give you... A, yeah, yeah, yeah. MD, no. We'll figure that out after. Yeah, we'll figure sorry, that out. Folks. We don't know. Oh, there's we don't some know. weird abbreviations. Like Blackhawks is CBH, not Chai. So that took me a while too. Uh, MDA, okay. The next guy, it was born in 1970. Yeah. So we'll make him 49 years old. Mm-hmm. He played for Florida. <laughs> 1970? Yeah. And he played for Florida. That was it. And that's it. Yeah. He was part of their Stanley Cup uh, finals run too. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Paul Laws. Paul Laws. Wow. <laughs> you would never guess that one. I would have never. I thought he played for Ottawa. I guess no, I don't according know. to this. Okay. Um, wow. He was a tough customer. The next one's born 1980, yeah. making him pretty old now. Yeah. Of uh, 39. Coming wow. up on over the hill. Uh, Pittsburgh and Washington. <laughs> pretty easy. 1980. Yeah. Uh, 39. And he's 39 right now? Yep. Is Robert Lang? No, he won a cup with both. <laughs> That'll oh. give it away. Uh, Pittsburgh and the Capitals? Yep. Oh, jeez. Rugged defenseman. Oh, I'm kind of upset that I'm not going to know what this is. Brooks Orpik. Yeah. Okay, good, good. All right. Next one was born in 1982, mm-hmm. making him 37 years old. Whew, take a breath here. He played for <laughs> Minnesota, Chicago. Why is this C-H-I and the other one C-B-H? I don't know. Okay, Minnesota. What is this, Quant Hockey? You get this wrong? <laughs> yeah. Let's hockey figure reference. it out, Quant Hockey. Come on. Hockey reference. <laughs> okay, this one's... Um, Minnesota, Chicago, New York Rangers, Buffalo Sabres, San Jose Sharks, Arizona Coyotes, and Montreal Canadiens. Jeez. And he won an All-Star Game MVP. And he won an All-Star Game MVP? Yeah. Uh, what year? When, what I era? can't give too much No, it's away. okay. What, how old is this guy? He was born in 1982, 37 years old. 37? Yeah. He played for Montreal, Columbus. No, not Columbus. Oh, okay. Play for Minnesota, Chicago, New York, Buffalo, San Jose, Arizona, Montreal. I have no idea. John Scott. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so the next one <laughs> awesome. was born in 1980 and played for Vancouver. Born in 1980? So he's 39 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm, oh, geez. I'm not going to know that one, I don't think. Okay, so Andrew Castles. No. No. Okay, so the next one also was born in 1980, played for the Vancouver Canucks. Holy shit. It's a good year, apparently. Played? Yeah. Yeah, they don't play anymore? They don't play anymore. Hmm. I... They were both born in 1980, both played for the Canucks only. Jeez, man. Uh, defense or forwards? Forward. Forward. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. The Sedins. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> The Sedins. I couldn't say one. I had to say both in a row because I gave it away. That was too good. Uh, yeah, I guess if it's one's yeah. birthday, it's the other. Fuck All six. right, the next one's 1992 making <laughs> That's him. That's pretty good. I get Clint Benedict, but I don't get that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyways. All right, the next one's born 1992, making him 27 years old. He played for the Kings, 
The Flames and the Sens in place. Kings, Flames, Sens, and he's 27? Yep. Uh, oh, dear. I don't know who that is. Nick Shore. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, and then this next one played for Carolina, born 1991. He also was with the Manitoba Moose last year, I believe, or the year before. Comes from hockey royalty. Uh, hockey fan. One of the setters. Yeah. Uh, Brody? Brody. Yeah. Brody setter. Good. Okay, so yeah. you got that one, but not the Sedins. But not the Sedins. Okay, and this next one was born 1988. <laughs> what are my priorities, you know? And he played for John Taylor Pipers, the Winnipeg Hawks. Yeah. Uh, North Winnipeg Satellites, Sagan Hawks. And FASS Berlin. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Our good friend of the show, Christopher Schultz. Happy birthday, Schultz. Happy 31st birthday, yep. Schultz. The old fart. Yeah. Can't wait to uh, get you on here. Yeah. Talk to you in person. Yeah, it would be great. You got to see my handsome face again on Skype. <laughs> I hope you have that. <laughs> he actually, he's looking pretty good. I know. So, I'm, so I always watch his interviews, even yeah. though I don't know what the fuck he's, <laughs> what the fuck he's saying. Jibber jabber. Yeah, jibber jabber. <laughs> That's what it seems like anyway. Uh, any anything else to get to nope. other than that? Another uh, episode in the books. A yeah. long episode. Long one, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely worth a listen, though. Yep. Well, hopefully for those listeners that are still with us. Yep. Uh, we appreciate it. Enjoy Grand Forks on the weekend. You're heading down to uh, check out the Moose exhibition yes, game. Yes, the yep. old man and I are uh, going down to check out uh, them playing style all wild tomorrow right. at seven and two o'clock on sun, uh, Saturday. So we're just going for the night. Here we had free tickets. Yeah. Use air miles for uh, hotel rooms. So a couple of road warriors. Yeah, go yeah. pick up some pink Whitney's and some other stuff in the states. So, yeah, yeah. I have to have those on the episode next week, yep. and we'll have a have an unveiling. Yeah, taste test. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Most important thing for everybody to remember is to always shoot the hockey. Just tongues out. Peace out. Eight town. And thanks, Marat. <laughs>